everybody, welcome back to Pagan's Witchy Corner. My name is Pagan, and today I am joined by a very awesome author, and she is the author of Mexican Sorcery, Laura Davila. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> Laura Davila, yes. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Laura, welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here, and uh, everybody who's listening, I loved Laura's book. It was so good and so informative, especially about something that we don't get to hear a lot about in that part of the world. So, Laura, welcome to the show. How are you? Really good. How are you? I am doing very well, thank you. So, like I was saying, your book is really, really good. It was one of the ones that I was super excited to read because I grew up in northern New Mexico. And so I was used to those kinds of cultural references of the Mexican and Hispanic cultures. And it was really kind of fun to read because I don't live in that part of the uh, country anymore. And I was like, this is kind of like going home for me to read this book, which is really nice. Uh, but what originally inspired you to write the book? Well, it was a lot of things. Uh, you know, it, for me, it was a way to preserve this tradition, you know. Uh, another thing that made me do it was uh, to make, you know, like, a, you know, a point about there is not a, a single way to do Mexican magic or Mexican brujería. You know, um, Mexico is really big. Mm -hmm. Is huge and just like witchcraft is rely and magic relying a lot of the flora and the fauna and the ecosystem and the environment, even the weather, you know, you know, the magic that you will do in the south is not the same magic that you will doing be doing in northern Mexico that is more like a desert. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the reasons because. A lot of uh, Mexican-Americans were like, you know what, uh, it's just so confusing because there is several books and all of them have a different approach. And I'm like, well, everybody's talking about what their ancestors did, but all of our ancestors used to live in different parts of Mexico. So that, <laughs> you know, that has a lot to do with that. Um, so in Mexican sorcery, I try to put at ease that, you know, sense of, oh my God, I'm not doing it right. Or, oh my God, I'm appropriating. Or, oh my God, you know, I'm doing it wrong. So that was, you know, uh, mainly my, my, my goal to mm -hmm. make everybody more comfortable to, you know, dive in and, you know, explore and learn. I think that that is beautiful. And I love the fact that, it, there was a section in your book, and I think you mentioned it a couple of times, but there was a section in your book that basically talked about the fact that anybody can practice this. It doesn't matter really yeah. your walk of life, where you come from, because if you, you're called to it to practice it, then you can practice it, which I thought was really interesting. And, you know, obviously some of the people are like, no, you can't practice this because it's, you know, family traditions, it's passed on, it's passed on through lineage. And what are your kind of thoughts on, you know, the differences between the family family lineages and those practices versus the practice as a whole? Well, uh, I I inherited that from my grandparents and my great grandparents, and you know, I have done a lot of work. Mm -hmm. 
you know, with other elders. And one of the things that it used to make me really sad is when I started to sharing in the community that it was a lot of gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, 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 I really don't, don't understand, you know, why, you know, why that jealousy that, that, you know, that, <laughs> you know, uh, doing the job that the spirit should be doing. Right. How I'm going to make the spirit's job if I, I, I need those spirits to set the boundaries spiritually that I cannot do in my life because I do it through them. Why am I'm not going to trust them to, you know, uh, to choose and pick and, you know, so it was like really hard for me and really like, you know, like um, sad because I was like, what about, you know, in the next two generations, the ones that are going to get gatekeeped from these mm-hmm. is my grandchildren. Right. <laughs> because they don't speak Spanish or because, you know, they look whiter. I don't know. So I, 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 I talked with one of my elders and he was like, you know what? You are shedding these and you are not gatekeeping and you're like so welcoming because... It's not humanly possible to share something that you don't think is yours. I agree with that. Yeah. So in your mind, in your heart, and, you know, you feel that I belong to this, you know, Mm -hmm. and this belongs to me. So it's so easy for you to share it. But somebody who probably is very disconnected or had never put a, a foot in Mexico, <laughs> you know, it's going to be really jealous and try to accaparate all that knowledge. Right. Absolutely. Because, it, you know, so that's how I understood, you know, that posture that I don't share and I'm not agree with. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, like an eye opening on why, you know, why people in Mexico are so welcoming and white people from there are always sharing and, you know, and here is a lot of gatekeeping and here is a lot of, you know, secrecy. I don't know how to describe <laughs> it, but it's, 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 it's that, you yes. know, that I didn't understood. And it's, it's, it makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. And, you know, the gatekeeping that kind of happens um, a lot, especially in the U.S., I think stems from a lot of the gatekeeping kind of mentality that happened in, you know, the early nineties, especially around the big Wiccan movements and stuff like that. And it's like, Oh, I don't want to share this. No, you have to, you know, be a certain level to understand how this works. And the truth is anybody who's listening to that, that level doesn't exist. None of that exists. Mm -hmm. If you want to learn something, unless it is something that is specific to a culture that is their culture and you can't go into their culture unless you're a part of it yeah that's something that you should not touch everything else is totally okay absolutely there is a lot of latin american traditions that they require an an initiation but it's Mm -hmm. not the case for brujeria de rancho right so I totally respect and, you know, other traditions across Latin America that require 
a certain process and then an, an initiation, excuse me, mm -hmm. initiation. But this is not just, again, it, this is not the case for uh, brujería de rancho, hechicería. It's just in a lot of parts of Mexico, common knowledge, you know, right. folk knowledge. So, uh, and it's funny because people doesn't understand either that a lot of these practices rely a lot in history. Mm -hmm. And I had one time talking about that gatekeeping, uh, somebody who was so, so excited about Mexican sorcery because it used to remind her, uh, reminded her what the things that her grandma did. Right. And she posted about it and she got a lot of backslash because she's not Mexican. She's, uh, she has like Philippine, mm -hmm. um, as, you know, like um, ancestors and somebody just scolded her. And I was like, do you know, like the part of the Mexico that I come from? Yes, it was conquered by the Spanish, but it was conquered uh, by the Tlaxcaltecs because the Chichimecs in that area were not like the Aztecs. They fought over 300 years, mm -hmm. you know? And the same um, Tlaxcaltecs and the same Spaniards went to the Philippines. So pretty much we're like brothers from another mother. <laughs> yes. That's why she relies and she relates a lot on what is right in the book how dare you like <laughs> if you don't know the story the history about filipinas or the northeastern part of mexico how are you even calling her out right <laughs> and probably probably she has more right to that than you that is you're like from the south a mexican from the south you know mm -hmm. so which funny you know um but that's why I'm totally against gatekeeping because I think the spirits should do that job. And probably we're gatekeeping people who have more right to those traditions than even the gate person gatekeeping. You know what I'm saying? I do it's know what you're nuts. saying. And I completely agree with that. And you know, the interesting thing about that too is if we continue to gatekeep these practices, they're going to get lost in time. Eventually, exactly. there will be nobody to practice them because there will be nothing left. And Hello? we also don't know everybody's lineage. And unless you're looking at somebody's family tree, you have no room to talk about anybody's family lineage about anything. You don't know and how they ended up the where they thing. ended up. Then that's the thing. The sense of belonging and the right of belonging to a culture is not only by birth, it's by marriage, mm -hmm. by adoption. And even by love, I mean, come on. Uh, that's something that had always been that way in Mexico. And, you know, you know, if you if if people want to make it otherwise, they're Americanizing that, <laughs> you know, it's yes. just, you know, and the funny thing, too, is not only is it about all of those aspects of family that you talked about, but I do find that there are people out there who, yes, are born into certain families that are not culturally aspect they don't have any of that in there but they also are adopted by friendships and spirit yeah. and connection with other people and those people are like it's like i i remember when i was a kid one of the um hispanic moms who i grew up with her son 
every time I would see her, she would basically call me her daughter, even though I wasn't. Mija, mija. Yes, uh-huh. mija. And so she would treat me as if I was one of her own kids. And yes. she claimed me as one of her own, even though I was not biologically related in any shape or form. But she claimed me as one of her own because I was friends with her son. And exactly. That was... That's how we are. Yes. So <laughs> otherwise, it wouldn't be us. And that's something that I, 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 I'm I trying to do. There is a lot of stories. There is a lot of messages that they're not being cherished and mm-hmm. shared because people is afraid to be calling call it called out by right. somebody you know or like oh judged oh this is not how it's supposed to do or this is you know this is not supposed to be shared or this is not the way that you're saying you know we're losing a lot of cultural treasures mm-hmm. and for me that mexican sorcery was a way of welcoming and to, you know, like reclaim that for this side of, you know, um, the border mm-hmm. because I'm from Mexico. So, um, yeah, it was, you know, totally out of love and totally thinking about my descendants. I think that that is beautiful. And I'm so thankful that you did that because you know, we don't want to lose any of our practices, no matter what walk of life you choose, whether it be the Mexican sorcery aspect, whether it be a Norse pagan, whether it be a Celtic pagan, it doesn't matter. Wherever you end up, if you are called to be there by spirit, by connection to a force in the universe that we just can't explain because our human brains can't wrap around it, wherever you're supposed to be, that's where you're supposed to end up. The, the universe is going to call you exactly where you're supposed to be. And nobody has the rights unless, like I said, it's a cultural thing. Outside yeah. of that, nobody has the right to tell you no. You don't belong. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, at the end of the day, we're all people of this earth and we all deserve to welcome each other's family. And that's one thing I love about the Hispanic and Mexican cultures is they welcome everybody as family. Everybody, it doesn't matter. They're like, you walk into one of their houses, they're like, have you eaten today? Mi casa es un casa, yeah. <laughs> I will fix you a plate. It's exactly. Like, if you're if hungry, let me feed are. you. Let me take care of you. Let me. Do you need a place to stay? That's the kind of culture that I grew up around. And it was a beautiful culture. It is a beautiful culture. And your book reflects all of that, which is gorgeous. And it also reflects the spiritual manner of it as well. The other really fun analogy that I kind of found with your book is I'm a very big fan of Jake Richards, who writes Appalachian folklore books. And your book was like taking all of that folklore that he writes about and putting it in a Mexico or Mexican kind of aspect. And it was they mirrored each other, which was really cool. And I'm just like, apparently folklore is just folklore across the board. Exactly. I was hearing another podcast yesterday about Huru and a legend about uh, Juan el Conquistador. Mm-hmm. That is a, a 
uh, her, you know, and how all that story that he got in love with uh, the devil's daughter. And it was an amazing story, but that's how we create li magical links with things. And that doesn't only happen in Appalachian. It happens in Huru. It happens in Brujeria de Rancho. It happens in a lot of traditions. And storytelling is one of my favorite things to to share, mm -hmm. you know, knowledge to uh, share witchcraft, to share magic. So yeah, absolutely. I I I I try to even like put the story and put the songs that mm -hmm. they were made after that story. So is 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 just you know very magical. It is a very magical experience, and the stories that come out of Mexican culture are gorgeous stories that I don't think are cherished enough. I think that there, again, there might be some gatekeeping, and I know that there's some obviously cultural issues that come with that. But beyond that, I think that the stories should be kind of brought to the forefront and you do that very well in your book you bring a lot of the beautiful stories and I know there's hundreds more that you know obviously you couldn't fit into a book but yeah there's so many and they're gorgeous stories and they're captivating stories and you get to hear about all these different aspects of how things came into being how spirits came into being and the some of them are spooky some of them are fun that way some of them are beautiful in other ways but they should be cherished and you know i was very fortunate growing up in northern new mexico getting to learn a lot of these stories but my experience was only a tip of an iceberg and what is in your book is also a tip of an iceberg some of the stories in your book i had never heard but there's hundreds that don't get passed down and they don't get shared enough and you know as somebody who loves history and loves culture and all of these things i do fear that they will get lost to time and Absolutely. they won't be able to be shared uh one of the things that was you know you know how you know social media internet mm -hmm. you know um works right now like if people doesn't agree with something or they don't like something they like just plain cancel your book <laughs> yeah. and you i have seen that happen with a lot of books i have seen happen with a lot of authors mm -hmm. so for me it was like oh i already know there is not a lot of mexican americans who think like me so i know you know i i'm going to have probably some issues but it was totally a surprise that it, I have had like minimal like obs observations or criticism. Mm -hmm. I, I have, I was like ready for that, <laughs> but I wasn't ready to get all the praise that the book had received, which is very hard and very difficult because that's what I tell everybody. I don't feel like I made the book. I didn't invent these stories. Mm -hmm. These stories were were told to my great grandmothers, you know. Mm -hmm. So none of like la la cuerva de la petaca, the crow, the um, the petaca sorceress, or the bruja de la huasteca, the huasteca witch. They're not my original stories. That mm -hmm. stories that even have you know, like uh, corridos, guapangos, like songs about it because they're box populi. Same thing with El Charro Negro. 
that's you know that's a a thing that or great grandparents had been like telling those stories and I feel like oh my god you know I'm receiving a lot of praise of something that I don't feel like I create it was just there and I feel like I only like rescue it you know yeah. like I just dust it off and the only I that's what I tell everybody the only original story the one that you know it really happened is the one where uh Don Beto in the cemetery just told me all that and I got lost that's my story but otherwise those stories they're stories that they were you know told to me you know when I was a kid um and you know even though a lot of people here doesn't know them if you go to my hometown everybody will be like everybody knows that <laughs> you know what I'm saying <laughs> I mean, you don't know this song, you know, it's it's weird. So it's just kind of like, oh, how can I take that praise? Because, you know. I think it's great, though, that you're introducing those stories to a whole new audience of, um, you know, people from Mexico, Americans, and people around the world as well. So you're introducing them to a culture that they may be unfamiliar with. You're introducing them to stories that they're unfamiliar with. And whether or not they're your stories, they're you're preserving them in history by writing them into your book. And the cool thing is, too, you, you know, you were talking about that you were prepared for all this hate and you were not prepared for this book to be as successful as it was. I can tell you that from the moment the book was released, it has been everywhere. Oh everywhere i don't know how many posts every time i turn around there is a post with your book on it there's uh tiktok videos with your books in it there is also it's everywhere it is everywhere people have bought it people are reviewing it people are talking about it they're praising it they're excited for it so you have done this really great Uh thing and this is that moment everybody in the podcast where i'm going to do that shameless plug go buy laura's book it's really great it is a wonderful book it has such great stories in it and so much wonderful folklore in it that i think you will absolutely love go buy it if you haven't already done so (laughs) there's my shameless plug for the day everyone (laughs) but yeah your book is everywhere it's everywhere yeah it was like a baby that i didn't know how people was going to react but now I feel like it has a lot of aunts and uncles and everybody is waiting for another baby now. <laughs> and and I'm like, no, there is a lot of stories like these about brujas and about hechiceras and about, you know, um, shape shifters in mm-hmm. Mexico. It, it, you know, we have like abundance and that's something that I make fun of it too, because I tell like other authors and mm-hmm. other um, content creators and other elders, like, dude, not even if we put ourselves to write a book every year among, you know, all of us, we mm-hmm. will be able to put everything on writing. It's very true. It's absolutely true. There, there's so many it's- stories, so many legends and so many, you know, tales and fables whatever you would like to label them as there's so many that truthfully i don't think you all could ever put them into writing not truly and i think you should i think you should share as many yeah. as you possibly can that's why i'm like <laughs> hey make everybody to keep telling those stories because you know we're like very little you know into the publishing world of mexican magic mm-hmm. so we need these you know otherwise we're going to lose it 
I so, think that that's such a really great thing. Which brings me to my next question. Do you have any other books that you're working on that you want to talk uh, about? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, I'm working right now in another book. Um, it, Yurika told me like one year, mm -hmm. one year from now, pretty much. Um, and it's more of the same, you know, but I think uh, this one, is a little bit like more modern mm -hmm. um and it's a lot of folklore too a lot of you know stories and you know magic and i'm very very excited with this next project that is you know right now I in the open it. i absolutely love it i'm so excited for it I cannot wait to see what you put into the next book because, again, there's so many stories. They're all so good. Even if you just wrote a Mexican, you know, story or folklore book of just all the stories and broke them down, everybody would love it. And I guarantee we would all eat it up. So if that, you, know, you want to add that to your book list, you totally could. I think that would be fantastic. Uh, but, yeah, there's so many great things. Now, my uh, kind of final question for you is, do you have any classes that you teach or anything like that where people could connect with you, learn about this, um, kind of a more hands-on experience versus just reading the book? Well, uh, I have a Patreon. So, um, some months I'm just pausing it because English is not my first language. Mm -hmm. I came here to the United States 12 years ago and I really struggle a lot to put my thoughts on writing, mm -hmm. you know, because I have ADHD, I'm dyslexic and top, like English is my second language. So um, I try to do classes through events. Right now we have one in May. Um, you can check it on my, on my Instagram. I, okay. I'm continuously like, um, setting it and my patron is on my link tree link i think link that's tree? what it's called link tree yeah, yeah. and okay. yeah that's pretty much it because you know that's what i said like do i or i write a book or i write a patreon <laughs> i cannot do everything <laughs> and nobody can like and nobody can if you're going to do it right um uh, so that's what i'm trying to do right now to focus in the next you know publishing and mm -hmm. and the next baby so yeah. i think that's fantastic well everybody who's listening this has been a fantastic conversation with you laura i'm so happy that you were able to come by you were able to connect with me you are welcome back anytime i would love to just sit here and talk about all the stories and all the wonderful memories and everything with you i think it would be fantastic i am excited for your next ba book baby whenever it comes out and everybody who's listening go connect with laura buy laura's book check out her classes her <laughs> patreon all of those things all the links will be in the show description and everybody take care of yourselves be safe and be good to each other and we'll see you all next time bye everyone if you're a lover of pig and switchy corner then prepare for some really exciting news I have started a new podcast, Pagan's Reading Nook. Don't worry, I'm still going to be creating all the Pagan Switchy Corner content that you all love. But as you all know, I have a huge passion and love of books, which has led me to create this new show. 
On Pagan's Reading Nook, I will be discussing the books that I'm reading, showcasing brand new titles, and sitting down with some amazing authors to talk about the worlds and the characters they've created. I will also be discussing new releases, fan favorites, and classic tales that have enchanted us throughout time. So, if you are a fan of this show, make sure you head over there and subscribe, and grab your favorite beverage, and join me as we dive into harrowing tales, seductive romances, and thrilling adventures in the fiction world.